Let's go, but let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, what's happening? Welcome to another edition of the player and the fan. Hey, we are right back at it, and I love it. I love this podcast so much that when we record multiple days in a row, I'm, I'm, I'm really okay with it. You know what I'm saying? Hey, but I am yours truly, David Noel, the player, the coach, and we have our beautiful co-host, Miss Kia. Miss Kia, how you doing? I, I am so excited because I want y'all to know that David loves this. He loves, he loves it. He'll call me randomly throughout the week and just be like, bro, I love our podcast. And that'll be all he'll tell me and just hang up the phone. I'll, I'll hear it playing in the background. So it makes me happy to know that I'm in this podcast with someone who loves it as equally as much as I do. So I, I do. I, I love our podcast. And I'm even more so excited about our guests. And David does phenomenal introductions. And I can't wait to see what he has for Mr. <laughs> Little. We go, we go, we go, we're gonna wait to introduce Mr. Mr. Little. Ladies and gentlemen, we do have a very special guest today. Um, but like again, just to go back to the podcast, we get a chance to we get a chance to just just talk on here. We get a chance to express our feelings and um and a lot of it, it is about the University of North Carolina um and the basketball program there, but we also spread it throughout the ACC. And a lot of the times, you know we get players uh, or excuse me, we get fan feedback. Um, and, you know, they always tell us, Hey, great job. Keep doing what you're doing. So I just want to take this time right now to thank our fans. Thank our listeners uh, for always supporting us. I know the last podcast that we put out was about an hour and 30 minutes. And yeah. I had so many people hit, yeah. us, hit me up like, yo, I listened to every bit of it yes. and yes. I loved it. You yes. know? So I just want to take this time right now to thank all of our listeners, all of our fans, uh, we truly appreciate you. We are, we're continuing to grow. And so we want to thank you for your support and all your admiration. And for the people who hate us, too. That's okay, too. We, you know, we, we thank y'all, too, because you're still listening. <laughs> so we good. And I'm, I'm sure those that hate us involve some dookies in there, because I'm, I'm sure Isn't they that? just listen. I'm oh, listen I, for you. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Well, hey, we're going to get right to it. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest. <laughs> His son played at the University of North Carolina from 2018 to 2019. And his son's name was Nasir Little. Nasir Little was one of the top ranked players to come into the University of North Carolina. And that class was powerful. Him, Kobe White. Oh, oh we got excited. We got excited about that class. And when they came into the University of North Carolina mixed with Luke May and, and Cam Johnson, and they, 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 they took us to another level. And ladies and gentlemen, today, we have the pleasure and the honor of having Nasir's little dad, Mr. Harold Little, on the podcast with us today. Mr. Harold, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. I'm just happy to be here. Thank you guys for inviting me. Thank you so much. Well, we are definitely excited to have. Go ahead, David. I, I see the no, excitement. I gonna, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was gonna say. I was gonna say to all of the listeners out there. Um, I know we pubbed it as having Mr. Little on as well as Mr. Davis, but Mr. Davis had a. I don't want to call it an emergency, but 
RJ was flying in and yeah. he forgot. Yeah. So he had to yeah. go get him. <laughs> RJ was coming home. So RJ um, was flying into Newark and, and, Mr. L and Mr. Davis, excuse me, had to go pick up RJ. So will we schedule RJ? RJ, will we schedule RJ's dad <laughs> another time? But um, we will be more than fulfilled with Mr. Little um, because we have a slew of questions that we can ask him that will definitely keep us busy. So David, you got the Absolutely. floor. So I did just to hey, preface listen. it, I was gonna say, just to preface it, as always, I'm gonna ask the super emotional, loving, in-depth, caring <laughs> questions. And David's gonna give you those basketball, analytical, dad-to-dad -dad questions, so. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so first off, again, Mr. Little, thank you so much for joining us again. And and I want to get right to it because I know a lot of UNC fans, um, when, when, when Nasir came to the University of North Carolina, like fans were excited. They were like, oh, my God, we got somebody who even I was. I was like, hey, man, we got a dog. Mm -hmm. We got a dog and he coming. And you know, in the class at, at, at the eight miles down the road, they had a little nice little class come in too. So, right. you know, when we got Nasir, it just kind of upped our class a little bit. So I was excited about that thing. And, and when Nasir got there, um, his struggles or his learning curve was a little bit, was a little bit delayed. And so I want to start off right off the bat. How was it for you as, as a father watching your son grow so much through the high school ranks, get to being a McDonald's All-American, watching him perform, and then get into the University of North Carolina and having certain learning curve struggles as that. All right, so for us, um, our expectations were kind of tempered, to be honest with you. I think we were, we're kind of realistic and pragmatic about most things. So with Nasir, our thing was, is like, he's a kid who didn't start playing basketball until he was 13. Um, we were, um, my wife and I were both in the military. So we were living overseas, traveling a lot. And Nasir was a soccer player because prior to coming back to the States, just prior to his 13th birthday, he was playing soccer over in England. So when we got back here to the States, um, he was a relatively tall 13 year old and started playing for his junior high team. And we weren't really expecting anything for him playing basketball anyway. So as he started to, to tell us, hey, mom, dad, I'm really interested in basketball. I think I like it. And when he started playing, they were winning. Everything he had done before then as a team sport, they were trash, you know, and, and no kids like <laughs> to be on a team that's not good. So when he started playing basketball and they were good, he, he kind of took a liking to it. So as he started growing and he started kind of improving exponentially through high school based on having only played that short amount of time, it was mm -hmm. exciting, but it was, um, um, it was kind of like a, a careful excitement. You know, it was like, oh man, I'm so proud of him. But then at the same time, Sam, but you gotta be realistic about this whole thing because of how many kids play mm -hmm. basketball. So, mm -hmm. um, going through high school, watching him improve, watching him go to McDonald's, Jordan Brand, MVPs, all that good stuff. Then your, your expectations start to rise a little bit. But then when he gets to Carolina, it's almost like it, it's, I don't want to say he ran into a wall, but I think his delayed start caught up with him because then 
and I'm sure you know this better than anyone, David, as you go through each level, your peers and your peer group get better. You yeah, have less, absolutely. you have you have less people, so your talent pool is deeper. You have you have much you have a uh, you have an enrichment of talent. So you're not the only good player there, or you're not one good player amongst only a few good players. Hell, everybody's good just about. You know what I'm saying? Right. So right. so I think so I think pairing his experience or inexperience with coming in playing with experienced players and then playing with a Hall of Fame coach who has a reputation for doing things a certain way and a storied program like the Tar Heels. So you take all these things and you add them together, it's gonna, for, for Nasir as a player, it's gonna create a totally new situation. But I think for us, even though he did have a sharp learning curve, I think it was good for him for his development overall because it challenged him. Right. And I think he's a kid who, who needed challenging because everything came relatively easily to him before then. Up until that point. And, that, and, and, that's, and that's something that I, I, I definitely wanted to touch on because um, I, I used to tell my kids at Southern Durham all the time, like once you make it to the next level, everybody is not so little. Like you're, right. you're not so little now in high school and you're this, you're, this, you're this big fish in a little pond. But then once you go on to the next level, everybody's not so little. Everybody's good. So that, that learning curve, I, I was trying to prepare my kids for on a daily basis at the high school level. So just, just to touch on a little bit and then we'll, we'll definitely let, let Kiara ask some of her uh, off of the court questions. But so what went into the de decision to choose the University of North Carolina? And I, 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 I want you to answer this in detail because I have my own opinion okay. about, <laughs> about Nasir and and so, and, and so I want to address it on this podcast. I, I've said it plenty of times before, but to have you on here to, to kind of, you know, enlighten me a little bit, uh, I just think, I, th I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit a little bit different this time. So tell me what went into your, or, or I don't even know if, if you necessarily played a part into him going to the University of North Carolina, but what, what went into his decision to go to the University of North Carolina? Right, absolutely. Um, as as we touched on before we even came on to you know start recording for the podcast, I'm Carolina pretty pretty much born and bred, and in my mm -hmm. experiences with North Carolina, for the most part, you got some little bit of state fans sprinkled in here and there, but you're either <laughs> yeah, they, they fan just or <laughs> <laughs> you're either a Duke fan or a Carolina fan, and I think the vast majority of the people in the eastern part of North Carolina are. UNC fans. Mm -hmm. So I Absolutely. grew up in a, in a familial tradition of UNC. My mother, my father, my grandparents, my aunts, my uncles, everybody is a Carolina fan. Maybe one or two, you know, off kilter Duke fans in the little family, but they still are all right because they're my family, but I'll, I'll give them a pass. <laughs> so, you know, even coming up, Nasir watched me watch Carolina. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if, if I had access to it, I was watching Carolina play and him being who he is and being his dad's son was right there with me. So I think it was kind of one of those things where it was kind of like a, like an unconscious decision for him. You know what I'm saying? Where, oh, like Carolina, my dad likes Carolina. 
you know, I like Carolina. So that's one part of it, right? Just, just the tradition of the family. Um, every, everything else is, it's not as, it's not binary, it's not octo, it's kind of hexadecimal. So all these little things played a part in it. So um, one of the things that played a part in it is his whole recruitment process. Carolina's recruitment pitch was one of the, one of the best. Out of the 42 offers that Nasser got for D1 schools, Carolina's presentation during the recruitment was one of the best. So, so there's that part. And that's relative to the other four teams that were in his top five. Carolina just had one of the best presentations. Um, um, his, the chances for being a winning team played a big part. And he mm-hmm. knew that in the past that there had been smatterings of Carolina struggling, but it wasn't, but it wasn't long-term. It might be a, a one-off here, like I'll point him. And, not, and this is not to be pejorative at all, but you kind of point to the Matt Doherty era at Carolina, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. he and I actually, talk, actually talked about that. So this is a small slice of time for a long history for a program that only had these small struggles, right? right. So that was a part of it. Now, the major part, which I'm pretty sure that, you, that I think you may have been hitting at, was also during that time in 2017, September 2017, the FBI investigation and everything that came out in that whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, so within Nasir's top five, there were two teams that were implicated in that whole thing um, mm-hmm. for that for that FBI investigation. So, for me as a father, I wasn't trying to make a decision for him, but to give him more of um, like a big picture outlook to say you can't only think about going to school. You have to look. You have to take the wide you know the wide angle view and look at everything Mm -hmm. that's in front of you and everything that would be associated with it and what are some of the possible negative things that could come out if you attend one of these um institutions right so that was a major part so with with those schools being implicated in the fbi investigation they would they would disqualify right yeah Cut the list down. (laughs) Right. So now you're down from five to three, right? Right. The final the final three was, and this is in no particular order, Carolina, Georgia Tech, and Duke, right? I'm gonna tell you straight up, he was never going to Duke. All right. The 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 inclusion of Duke was more of like a ego clout thing amongst mm-hmm. amongst the amongst the peers to yeah. as a as a quiet way of saying to all the peers in the class group like you mfs know that i can go to duke if i want to right right <laughs> right 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 yeah i get it so that, it that, that duke offer holds some weight <laughs> right so now you come down to georgia tech and carolina and I'm not laughing at Georgia Tech, but Georgia Tech just didn't have the pedigree that Carolina had. Yeah. So right. it came down to the pedigree between those two schools. And, and it was a bare knuckle fight that Carolina just pommeled Georgia Tech. And they stood, no, they, they had a little bit of a chance, all right? They had a little bit of a chance because they had 
a, a black coach there that we were very fond of, right? We were very, very fond of. And, and, and one of the things that made us want to consider going there is that the, the black coach who was there at the time, and I'll say his name is Daryl LaBerry, who was recruiting, he was Nas's recruiter. And I think it would have been kind of a good thing for him to get a pull of a recruit like Nas. And it would have, mm-hmm. and it would have given him some leverage moving forward in the coaching world. Gotcha. But, but ultimately that didn't work out because they had some issues down there at Georgia Tech. But um, I would be remiss not to add, there was another contender that wasn't a top five that was in consideration and that was Florida State. Mm. All right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I would have liked that, honestly. I, I would have <laughs> liked to see Nas under Coach Ham. Yeah. And, and, not, and, and not so much Coach Ham, but Coach um, Young, CY. CY mm. was Nas's recruiter. So there was, there was some consideration about going to Florida State, but being principled, I said, Florida State wasn't in your top five. And it almost makes you look like a liar if you go to Florida State and they weren't in your top five because mm-hmm. that says your top five was your top five. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, yeah. so it came down to a matter of principle. And I'm not perfect and I got a lot of things wrong with me, but I try my best to be a principled man. And I try to yeah. pass that on to my son as well. So it came down to that and an integrity and principle thing. And, and that's kind of how Carolina won out. Now, do, do you want some really good school? <laughs> just, just, just give us a school. We'll start right here. I, yeah. I'll, yeah. yeah. Give us a school. All right. All right. So now, so that, that was the nuts and bolts of him ending up at Carolina. However, <laughs> I, and like I told, just told Kiera, it's the first time I'm ever saying this publicly. You guys are getting a scoop on this. Let's go to play. <laughs> the scoop, baby. <laughs> All right. Nasir was originally going to Arizona. Really? Yes. <laughs> yes. But they were uh, implicated. But they yep. were implicated, yes. But they were implicated in the FBI thing. I mean, so a week before that information came out, we were we were at Carolina the week before on his official visit the week before that information came out about um, the FBI stuff. Mm. So, so it was going to be three official visits, Georgia Tech, Carolina, and Arizona. He wasn't going to do official visits to, to Duke. You know what I'm saying? He was not going to do an official mm-hmm. visit to Duke. He just wasn't going to do it. And, um, and, and obviously Miami, we had, we had gone down there a couple of times and they were implicated. So he never got a chance to do that because of the, the hurricane and everything that, that um, happened at the time. So um, when Arizona came to visit us, he was just like, the things they were saying are the things that any recruit wants to hear. And it was just, it sounded good. <laughs> it sounded yeah. really good. And, um, and, and, and to be honest with you, I believed him and he believed him. And he was like, yeah, this is what I want to do along with the class they had going down there to include mm-hmm. Javon Quinterly, Sharif O'Neal, yeah. Bowl Bowl, yeah. and, the, and then the point guard who went there, uh, Williams Terry. So that was gonna be the squad because um, 
what's the kid's name? Emmanuel. Um, he had an African name. I can't remember his last name right now, but his first name was Emmanuel. He had transferred, opening up that slot for Nas to come in at the three. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, it was all set up. And then, so it was Carolina, for, I mean, excuse me, it was Arizona first pick, Carolina second pick, Miami third pick, mm -hmm. Georgia, Tech, Georgia Tech fourth. So that's how it all fleshed out in the end, you know. But that he makes, was, yeah, he was originally that makes, that to makes, Arizona. That makes sense. And then it also, it also helps me to understand a little bit better. And here's why I say that. I never thought Nasir should have came to North Carolina. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so that so okay this okay, that might be your first time hearing this. <laughs> so, okay, <laughs> I I never thought that Nasir Nasir should have came to the University of North Carolina, but here's why: I I did not think I his 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 struggles, I felt like were based off of him learning him learning the game, but also the way that the University of North Carolina played it there in 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 totality how they wow. played all year or or not all year like throughout history like since Dick coach smith to coach uh guthrie's to coach doherty to coach williams i didn't think his game fit the way that the university of north carolina played yeah. and here's why nasir little was an attack the rim kind of guy and also a little bit of an iso guy Right. And so I thought his game would fit somewhere else better. Now, now, mind you, as a, as a as a regular fan, you are you are excited to get a kid like Nasir Little, top ten recruit. Oh yeah, we got us a good one. But me, David Noel, you know, player coach, like I was looking at his game and I'm like, hmm, he, he this might not work for him all the way. Right. And so. The adjustments that he made for it to work, work I was I was thoroughly impressed with, mm -hmm. and so I, I applauded him for his efforts to get better each and every day. And here's one thing that I always say about Coach Williams: he's able to take talent and fit it inside his system, but he also teaches them the game. And that was the one thing that I felt like Nasir got out of the University of North Carolina. He started to learn the game. And you saw it from, from his first game as a freshman to his last game as a freshman. He started doing things that he wasn't able to do at the very beginning. And which I think is a plus for sure. So anybody out there that's listening, this is not me bashing the University of North Carolina. This is not me bashing whatever. I am giving you the real. And, and I want people to take it as that. And, and, and again, this is also just my opinion. I thought that so with Nasir Little having Arizona at the top of his list first, that makes perfect sense to me because right. he would have had a chance to play his style of game. He came to the University of North Carolina and adapted his style of game and it fit into uh, what we what we already had there. And right. so by him doing that. I do think he grew, especially basketball IQ and all of that kind of stuff. And you could tell me if I'm wrong, but I do feel like he grew as a player up here and not necessarily skill wise, but this up here 
it's always where you want to grow at. And that's what you do. That's what Coach Williams and the University of North Carolina does, I think, better than anybody in the country. Right. And, and I'll and I'll say this, if I may, I think for him, the, the mental growth, whether whether his growth there was intentional or circumstantial, mm -hmm. the growth happened mm -hmm. anyway. Absolutely. You know Absolutely. <laughs> so I, I, I think with him also too, I think he started out hot. So he came out at Wofford at the opening game and, and did fairly well. Then he came out against Elon and was like, oh snap. This, this, yeah, this is this the kid right here. Yeah. Yeah. And then as he had the ebbs and flows, I think he had he had some um struggles with con confidence. And I think mm -hmm. when you come from a situation where you're the man, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And you can and you can do darn near anything you want to do on the court at any time, because there's nobody as good as you, especially right. when you're play, playing in the small classifications in a big state like Florida. You know what I'm saying? So um, to play in the in the they were three A at the time. So you play. He is going to a private school down here that has seven hundred kids total. You know what I'm saying? So you're playing mm -hmm. other other schools in your in your district and your conference who are of the same ilk. So there's no small classification that's going to be able to deal with a player like Nasir Little, and you couple right. him on that team with other players on the front court who are six ten, six nine, six eight, six seven, six six. The biggest, mm -hmm. they're the biggest damn team in the in the classification in the state. You know what I'm saying? So right, you know. So I think having to do his mental adjustments from being the man to to a degree being one of the guys right and mm -hmm. then and then you're and then you're in a situation where you're playing behind regardless of what anyone says an eventual north carolina legend and luke may for the shots you know for the mm -hmm. shot that he had against kentucky and then no you're question. playing against the lottery pick a, 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 a eventual lottery pick in Cam Johnson. So mm -hmm. you're coming to this situation and it's going to be tough to get those minutes behind those types of players. And I think that was something that we didn't fully evaluate in the decision mm -hmm. um, in, in, in doing that. Um, but in no way do I want to, I'm not trying to imply that it was the wrong decision, but there could have been a better decision. Mm. Mm -hmm. And the and the one thing I will never do because, I, like I said, I try to be positive and pragmatic about things. You can never, and I and I hate to get all esoteric and stuff, but you can never argue with God's placement. Mm -hmm. And it was just, yeah. it was just where he was supposed to be yeah. to get to where he will eventually go. That that's the way I look at it. And and, and uh Mr. Little, you're gonna have to uh like here on the play in the fan, we don't be using big words like that. So like <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm just gonna put it out there. Well, but, we know, we, we need a context clue. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm gonna look a couple of these up, you know what I'm saying, you know, for, for myself, because you know okay. I wanna learn too. But so I'm I'm gonna do that. But just for the fans out there, <laughs> no, you keep, you keep, you know, using, you know, your thesaurus words and stuff like that. But, <laughs> but no, but real quick, no, being, no, being serious, um, 
what advice? And then, of course, we'll let Kiera ask some of her, you know, off the court questions because I know she's over there itching. But I, I kind of want to get, yeah, I want to get through this part because I feel like this is what all Carolina fans have been wondering ever since Nasir got to the University of North Carolina and ever since he left. And, you know, maybe some of the little comments that were made afterwards, nobody really knew how Nasir felt or, or, or even you from that standpoint. So I think this is clearing a lot of things up for a lot of, a lot of fans, um, mm -hmm. uh, not only of the podcast, but of the University of North Carolina. And, and this is what I would ask you. What advice, given uh, Nasir and, and his position at the University of North Carolina, what he went through, what advice would you give other parents, especially right now, with, with, the, with, the, with the recent struggles of the University of North Carolina, with the recent, uh, quote unquote, unhappiness of some of the kids? Because again, your son was one of those top players who hit that, who hit the wall a little bit, struggled a little bit. His learning curve was a little bit steeper than you expected, but then he was able to get out of it and turn himself into one heck of an NBA player right now. What advice would you give other parents that are, that are kind of going through similar situations right, right, right here and right now? All right, and that's a fair question, and my answer may surprise you. And and here's what I the advice that I would give potential um, recruits for University of North Carolina and their parents. And my answer is, I don't. And the reason why <laughs> I don't give them advice is because I don't want to feel like I'm responsible for shaping someone else's destiny. Mm -hmm. So when I get, and, and, and I get these calls from parents all the time. And I have in the past about recruits who had had Carolina in their top five or their final schools, right? So every time mm -hmm. I get these calls, I, I initially tell them, if you're looking for me to give you a reason to go or not to go to Carolina, that's not what you're going to get from me. Mm -hmm. Everything you get from me is going to be generic and factual information. And so obviously their question is always, hey man, you know, just you can tell me something, right? And I was like, nah, because if your kid really wants to go to North Carolina, right? And then you talk to me and I say, oh man, at Carolina, this, that, and the third, and filth, foreign, foreign, filth, and this, is that, whatever, right? Negative stuff. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to go back to your kid and say, no, you ain't going to Carolina. So now you didn't dash your kid's dreams. They end up in another situation that doesn't work out for them, right? Mm -hmm. And on the flip side of the coin, if I come in and say, oh man, Carolina was awesome. It's the best decision I could have ever made. You, you go to Carolina, you're going to love it. Then they get to Carolina and they have experiences similar to what Nas had. Now they're mad at me because I made Carolina <laughs> sound like the Holy Grail, right? Right, right, <laughs> so, right. So if I keep it generic and matter of factual things, then, then I can absolve myself of any accountability if something doesn't Absolutely. go right or if something goes wrong, right? So the, the things that I told that I would tell them, I would talk about the area itself, the things that you can do there, what Carolina is going to do with regards to your physical development of your child based on the resources that they have at the University of mm -hmm. Carolina. Your, mm -hmm. the, state of the, the state of the art stuff there is gonna help get your, your kids body right. The, yeah. staff, the staff that does the training, because I think this is kind of outside of basketball stuff, right? It's not on the court stuff. But the training staff and your medical staff is top notch. 
So I would talk about those things. So if those are things that are important to you, this is what I'll tell you. I'll tell them about how the dorm, how the dorms are. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, I kept uh, kept a pretty good bead on how Nasir's classes were. So I would tell them about the the education. And it's no secret that getting a degree from the University of North Carolina is an awesome thing. I mean, you, you mm -hmm. tell somebody you graduated from UNC Chapel Hill, you, you get a gold star off the bat before you open your mouth for anything else. So those are the things no that question. I would stick to. But basketball stuff. Anything they ask me about Coach Williams, Coach Robinson, Coach Davis, any coach, I would, I would say, I can't tell you that because every player's experience is going to be unique to that yeah. player. Mm -hmm. So I can't, yeah. so I can't speak to it. And I left it at that. And I, and I, I absolutely applaud you for that, um, Mr. Little, because again, some, some people, you know, can take the high road like you and, and other parents just can't. You know what I'm saying? So, like, by all means, I definitely applaud you for that. As a former player, um, like, we definitely respected what Nasir Little did at the University of North Carolina. We appreciated him for his efforts that he gave. So, uh, he, he's definitely family. That that That's not even a question. And so, you know, and, and as that extends from him, it also extends to, to you. So, again, definitely appreciate you for joining the player and the fan. Thank you for giving us the insight. And now we'll let Kiara jump on and, and, and ask some of her uh, off the court questions. Absolutely. Get all in our fields. So um, my first question um, as a dad, at what point did you realize my child is good? Uh, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't static. You know what I'm saying? It was actually kind of, excuse me. It wasn't something that we looked at as him being good at all the time. There were some times I saw him and I was like, oh, my kid is awesome. And then there were times I would see him and was like, hey, he's all right, you know? <laughs> you know, but I think when I kind of got like, um, like that steadfast feeling that he could do something really special with basketball to kind of help him get to a, a next stage, not in basketball, but in life, was his sophomore year in high school. Um, they played this, they played a, a game here. There was like a holiday tournament or something in the greater Jacksonville area. And, um, and he went there and they played like a, a huge classification of schools and Nasir was just out there killing. And there were like a whole bunch of coaches in there watching the game from different universities. And um, there was, there's a, a guy that I would consider to be sort of a, a maven here in Florida with regards to basketball and his, and what's, what's Scott's last name? I can't think of his last name, but his name is Scott. And he, he, he um, owns Hoop Exchange. He, mm -hmm. he, found, he found me after the game and he was like, hey, Mr. Little, I'm telling you this kid is good. I got all these coaches asking me about him, you know, from this school, from that school, such and such and such. And at that moment I said, okay, Nasir might be a little bit special. And, and I coupled that with, him being like a diagnosed OCD from the time he was a kid. You know what I'm saying? Everything had to be perfect for him. He had to do everything the same way all the time. And if he didn't, it ruined his world. And, you know, so as a parent, you had to manage that and everything. So mm -hmm. coupling that with him playing basketball kind of, and that 10th grade year, his sophomore year made me say, okay, he can be special. 
So um, I've, I've spoken to Nas and um, he was actually um, in our clubhouse one night and Shamad Williams actually complimented Nas about how eloquently he speaks. Like Nas is, is literally like one of the most, one of the few athletes that you can talk to and his conversation is just so deep and so genuine and his, his vocabulary is very vast, um, a reflection of his father. <laughs> Um, As we can see. <laughs> he, he's just so easy to, you know, ask a question to. And, you know, most um, athletes kind of give you one word of questions. But with Nas, he really gives you those thoughtful, in-depth um, answers. Um, who is Nas off the court? What is he as a son? Who is he as a person? And um, how proud of you just to see his development grow as a man and not just as an athlete? Oh, wow. I mean, if... I mean, David has children, so I'm sure he can relate. I know his kids are young, but any milestone that you see your children reach is a moment of pride. And I think as they grow and become more independent and they start being who they are independent of their parents and, you can, and I can sit back and watch it, it makes me automatically proud. And it wouldn't have anything to do with basketball. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. If he if he were to just go to college, graduate, get, you know, being a, a high paying, you know, a high paid job, whatever it may be, but just independent and growing and being a productive citizen mm -hmm. and more so than than anything, but just being a person who is a good human being, mm -hmm. you know. And, and, I, and I'm proud of that with all of my children. And they are reflective of me and their mother because they're, I'll watch my children, how they interact with other people and they're just good people. Yeah. And, they hate, and they hate to be assholes to people and they hate to see people suffer. Mm -hmm. And they will do anything in their power to help, help better someone else's situation even at their own detriment. So there's that part. Um, <laughs> and what was the other part here, I'm sorry? You kind of pretty much answered all of it. That 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 was a great answer to all of the questions that I asked that I asked you in that moment. But um, now I want to talk about you and your growth as a parent. Um, mm -hmm. Being um, a Carolina dad is not the easiest title to hold. Uh, Carolina fans are very uh, entitled. We are. It's just we like David said on our our past podcast. Championships are our baseline. That's that's right. it for us. There is. <laughs> There's nothing else for us. Um, how have you grown as a parent during Nasir's uh, year at Carolina? Um, and just being mindful of the, of the fans and how they kind of interact. The social media right. is a hell of a drug. And yeah. the, the yeah. people behind it, yeah. you know, say a lot of things. And they, of course, they would never say it to your face, Nas's face, or any athlete's face. But they get real, real big on social media. So how do you, how did you grow to kind of just overcome um, the slick stuff that people said and, and just making sure that you keep Nas's head focused on the bigger goal? Well, I wasn't like that in the very beginning. You know what I'm saying? Because, and the thing is, is that I had to separate myself from myself. All right, because as calm as I am and 
how thoughtful I try to be about stuff. My true nature is I say what I got to say. And if it turns into an argument, my natural inclination is I'm going to ask you one question. Can you whoop my ass? And if you, can, and if, and if you cannot answer that question in the positive, we ain't got nothing else to talk about. You know what I'm saying? So if, if you ain't, if you ain't finna whoop my tail, we ain't arguing about nothing. Cause I don't argue with people. I don't, I just, I just don't do that. You, know you what will saying? be Jawad so, Williams' best friend. Listen, what day? They, hey, I'm telling you that, that's why, that's why. Why I say, I'm gonna ask you one thing. What, what does that mean? That's, that's why I think, what you say? Like, like I, say right. that like how you want to really say it. That's why one thing, and then after that is whatever you want to do. <laughs> right. So, so there's that. So Nasir would actually come to me and he was like, hey, dad, you know, respectfully, yeah. you know, just try not to make you feel bad. He said, like, dad, you know, just don't argue with these people. He said, you know, it's a thousand people out there. 999 of them are saying good things. And all you pay attention Aww. to is the one person that says, says the bad thing. You know, <laughs> right. And, and he said, I know I'm your child. And your first thought is you just want to stand in front of me and take the bullets and slings and arrows for me, but that I can handle it. And I need you to handle it with me. And I was like, you got it, man. All right, bro. All right, bro. I got <laughs> All right, bro. So then I started looking at the big picture and I would, I got to the point where I would still see it and I would cuss under my breath and then I would just leave it alone. Right. Then I started doing stuff like blocking words, yes, blocking phrases and stuff like that. So I wouldn't see it. And now it's to the point, man, where it doesn't even mean anything to me. And, and, and I look at it as like, no matter how much negative stuff you say, or what negative things you say, he's still blessed. And, mm -hmm. he's in a, and he's in a position where every one of those people who's out there talking trash would give a limb to be in that yes. position. Yes. So Absolutely. I just look at it like that. And I say, you only saying that because he's where you wish you could be. Even if he stopped at Carolina, you wish you could have gone to Carolina and played basketball, but you couldn't. And if you did, being the person that you are, you would fail because you couldn't handle it. There's no one out there talking trash who can handle the stuff that these young men and women handle mm -hmm. in college athletics. Nobody. It takes a special person to do that stuff. And all those young men and women are special. And that includes my son. So that's how I approach it. So that's, you, that's great. That's great stuff. That's great stuff. Of a very mature family. <laughs> no question. No question about that. No question not, about that. Because I ain't not, no not to. <laughs> No. Because like, because here, here's my thing, Kira, and I don't mean to cut you off. Like, like some of the stuff that these fans were saying back then, man. Yeah. Like that, that like, 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 like being honest, bro. Those are that, like that was some tough stuff. Like to to sit there and have to read and 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 and, and and I'm just I'm just a former Carolina player and it rubbed me the wrong way. So right, I couldn't even right. think if that was my son that somebody was talking about like that or or saying a little slick stuff too because of a, a bad game or mm -hmm. and, and like I say, we we like and I try to educate our fans too, um, especially on my social media to like 
like understand that that we're people too. Like we right. we we, we we're, we're human. We have feelings. We have emotions. We make mistakes. We just play basketball. Right. And, and for people to feel like that they can attack us mm -hmm. because we play a sport that they that they cheer for, or we yeah. play for the team that they cheer for, and we don't necessarily always live up to expectations. That's a problem for me. Like that's right. that's a real life problem for me. And I and I. And so I try to educate our fans to like to remember that like when they tough behind their thumbs kind of deal. So yeah. you know, and, and again, like like Kiera said, very mature family. We thank y'all for being that mature. <laughs> I ain't hey, gonna lie hey, to you. The hey, Noel family. Hey, listen, I don't, know. I, I don't think I scrubbed my social media all the way, but if you go out there, if you go out there, you'll find a tweet that where I said. Hey, I'm in Carolina all the time. I'll be there this weekend. I'm staying at the <laughs> Sheridan and Triangle Research at the and room four four fifteen. When you want to when you want to do this, that's where I am. Absolutely, <laughs> you, might, you, you might see understand some of those tweets out there. <laughs> understand it. Um. So, and and David, you're you're more than welcome to chime in on this. What is the meaning of Carolina family? Um, that oh, is man. often just. The one thing that, you know, fans say, you know, UNC prides himself on is this is a family. At the end of the day, no matter what goes on, this is a family. Um, what is a, a Carolina family mean to the little family? Um, and David, like I said, you're more than welcome to chime in. And, I, and I, I'll, I, won't, I won't chime in, but I'll, I'll add to that question. Gotcha. How have you experienced the Carolina family since yes. you left? Yes. Oh, that, I, I think mean, that, so. yeah. So, and um, very recently, and I'm sure you guys probably saw this on social media, but I lost, like last weekend, I lost somebody who's very dear to me. Um, I struggled with it heavily at the moment when I found out, and I'm still struggling with it now. But I lost a friend. I, put, you know, kind of let my thoughts on, put my thoughts out on Twitter about the whole thing. And my, my inbox, not just on the timeline, my inbox was full of Carolina fans and people who work in the media with Carolina and people I had never even met mm -hmm. offering me words of encouragement. Hey, is there anything that you need? What is it that I can do for you? Oh, are you going out to Missouri for the funeral? I have people out there talking to this person and they can help you get you if you need get something for you if you need anything while you're out there in Missouri. Now, this is the reach for me. I didn't go to Carolina. Mm -hmm. My son was there for a year and you would, and with, with my kind of jaded vision a little bit, I think, oh man, nobody in Carolina cares about me. I'm so little, you know what I'm saying? But just something relative to the world, something as insignificant as me losing someone dear to me and being sad about it and the support that I got from Carolina fans and dare I say, Carolina family and what they wanted to do for me in that situation. And that's as recent as a week ago, even as of, of today, Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. so, so that extend, the people extending that to me really, really touches me. And I got some really touching messages from people, man, that just, just touched my heart, man. It just it meant the world to me, especially in those moments when I received those messages. 
So that's on that level as an extension for me. Now, um, Carolina Family, in another sense, is just kind of logistical stuff for Nas navigating his world in the NBA. Now, granted, it's it's stuff where it's going to be, it's not necessarily, it's altruistic to a degree because you have a person who's who understands what you're going through. Oh, oh, sorry, you need me to stop? <laughs> no, uh, I, I'm, telling, I'm telling our fans, message. <laughs> Another one of the words. <laughs> right. So, so really you, you, people are doing things from the kindness of their heart, but there's going to also be some benefit in it for them. So my previous job, I was working for a fuel transportation company, right? And, um, and I was one of, and I worked in the um, administrative office there um, um, running the training program for the company. And one of the people who was doing the um, financial stuff for like retirement, IRAs, 401ks and all this stuff like that, he was a Carolina grad. He was a Carolina grad. And he came to my office one day and I have, um, and I had um, like a little cloth that had little and the number five on it. And he came into my office and he was like, Harold Little, you're, do you know, do you know number five at Carolina? Not number five. <laughs> yeah, number five. So he said number five, right? And I said, yeah, I know him, I know him a little bit. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, he said, I'm gonna go on a limb here but how well do you know Nasir Little? <laughs> and I said, well, I was there when he was born. Hell, I was there before he was born. <laughs> and he was like, you're his dad? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm his father. And he was like, and he started kind of going crazy a little bit. And just as a person, he helped me make some very good financial decisions that are going to be beneficial to my family. And he also offered to do some stuff for Nasir, you know, financial stuff. And the guy, he's very, very good. He's very good. And um, and just and say, hey, I will do this for Nasir for free. Aww. You know, get, get Nasir set up on some financial stuff. Um, Nasir's first year, um, filing taxes and stuff like that and help, helping Nasir get tax shelters and stuff like that. Did that stuff for free, man. That's, That's awesome. great stuff. I mean, it's, 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 to, to some people, it doesn't, it's not a lot, but it's a lot. Oh, no, that's, that's a lot. It is that's a lot. Because trust me, you also got people out there that take advantage of yeah. situations like that. And that's, yeah, for, for I'm, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad y'all have had great experiences, man. So, yeah, shout out yeah, to and, all and, the And it's been fans. more than that. And it's been more than that. It's mm -hmm. been more than that. So, so, um, since Nasir has been in the NBA, um, what has that experience been like for you guys? I mean, we saw a new car, and that oh, was exciting. <laughs> Bro, exceptionally well, and you know, just you can tell that he really enjoys it, and he just seeing his tweets and seeing him bonding with other NBA legends has been exciting to see and to see his trajectory and and grow. Um, what has that experience been like to see your, your baby in the NBA? You know what? Surprisingly, it really hasn't changed that much for us. I mean, granted, I think by extension, you're proud of your kid when people notice him and they mm -hmm. know who he is and all this stuff like that. 
you beam with pride. But for our day-to-day machinations, nothing has changed. You know, I, I go to work every day. <laughs> I, I come home, you know, I got a honey-do list and, you know, nothing's really changed. You know, it's just that we try to do things. Um, we try to carve out space that we can go see him as often as we can. But my wife works for him. Mm-hmm. So she gets to see him more than anyone. And, and you know, and moms, how they are with their babies. Yeah. I mean, for her, mm-hmm. she, doesn't, she doesn't even call them not serious. It's always my baby, you know? Aww. So, <laughs> so it's, you know, with that. So we just kind of go about day-to-day life and, and not be a hindrance to him. You know what I'm saying? We just try to make, because the NBA life is hard. I, Being a fan for all these years, you think it's easy living and easy going. And that's, that junk is hard. It mm-hmm. is a job. And basketball loses, boy, and basketball loses a little bit of its luster when it becomes a job. Yeah. And if you try to, and if you can continue to do it at a high level and still enjoy it when it's your job, that says a lot about you as a person. Yeah. So, so we try to behave and move in a way that's going to make it as easy for, as possible for him to do his job. You know what I'm saying? So whatever support that he needs, we try to give it. Now, my thing with him also is that he's so young I didn't realize how much stuff he doesn't know. Mm. So, <laughs> so for us, it's like we're filling in all these gaps and you say, God, he makes all this money, but he don't know shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> right. right. So we're there filling in a lot of the gaps for stuff like small stuff, like sending your clothes to the cleaners. You know yes. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm little small things that yeah. he just won't pay attention to. So we try to do those types of things for him and fill in those gaps and ease him into full-fledged adulthood. Cause yeah. he cause he just didn't get to experience a lot. He, yeah. The NBA is the first job he's ever had in his life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so he's learning all this stuff and that's how we try to try to help him. And that's amazing because a, a lot of times, or even now, you see a lot of parents kind of use their kids as meal tickets. And it's just refreshing to see the little family uh, be an example of what it means to be a supportive family and, and to really support their kid. And it's, it's, just, it's just awesome to see. Um, it, it really is. Um, I do want to talk about uh, this year was unprecedented and uh, Nasir came out and announced that he did have COVID and he kind of struggled with it. Um, what was that like for you guys as, as a parent and you, your wife works with him and you said that she was there with him, um, just to know that your kid kind of was impacted by, by such a horrible year. Yeah, um, so, um... The same time he had COVID, I had COVID. Oh, Jesus. Mm. So it was Nasir, mm. my, myself, and my younger daughter. All three of us had. Um, so we ran the spectrum of the impact of COVID. I had the most mild experience with it. So the only thing that I had, you know, I was fatigued, headaches, and I lost my sense of smell, you mm. know what I'm saying? So 
I didn't have coughing and nothing with my lungs, none of that stuff. But I couldn't smell anything for two weeks. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's hard. That's horrible. You know, um, my daughter, she was in the middle part of the spectrum where she had the runny nose, the congestion, diarrhea. She couldn't smell, nor could she taste fatigue, headaches. So she had, you know, just added on symptoms to what I had. Then you get to the far end of the spectrum with Nasir, where he had the, the body aches, he couldn't eat, he couldn't mm. drink, fevers. Mm. He, he had the alternating between fevers and chill. Like he would say he was deathly cold, but he had a temperature of 104, you know, and right. he, couldn't, he, he couldn't move. He lost 20 pounds Jesus. In, in three weeks. Now I could lose the 20 pounds, but if I got to go through that to lose it, I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather not, you know what I'm saying? Bro? Right, right. I mean, so he, he lost strength. Um, he didn't really have any respiratory issues, which is a good thing, which mm -hmm. I think is because he has, he has an athlete's heart and athlete's lungs. And that's what the doctors were saying was good that athletes really don't get the respiratory effects because their hearts and their lungs are so conditioned. So he didn't have to deal with that, but everything else on the bad side of COVID, he had it. I mean, and he got to the point where he actually just said, I don't think I'm ever gonna play again if I'm feeling this horrible. And it, it, he was miserable. And, and as a dad, man, I'm sitting here, I'm here in Florida, he and my wife were out in Portland and I'm just getting updates every day via FaceTime and I'm crying because there's nothing I can do and it's just like it's the worst feeling in the world when you have a child and I keep saying child but he's a grown man he's 21 oh. but you have your child and there's nothing you can do to make it yeah. better for you yeah. Yeah. And, and you're you're helpless and I'm just like you know what I'm saying there's nothing I can do and my wife did her best and so what she did was, um, he, his house is, he has a really nice house out there in Portland. So he sequestered in one corner on the second level of his house, right? And my wife um, would just kind of take stuff in here. She would be suited up and all that good mm -hmm. stuff like that and, and take him his stuff and everything and try to get him to eat, but he couldn't hold it down. It, it was just, it was miserable. And when he got back on the court in January and he hit his shot, I cried because I knew what he had gone through to get there. So it, it, it was really tough, man. It was tough. Well, to get on the latter side, um, his foundation, the Nasir S. Little Youth Foundation, tell us a little bit about that and the scholarship that had you beaming on social media. Wow. Okay. So it's more so again with us, it's like any good fortune, we feel like any good fortune that we've experienced for the most part has never been on our own doing. We've had some help somewhere, whether it's been spiritually or people who are around us. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, we took, and we look back at Nasir's journey through basketball and when you play high level travel basketball and stuff like that, it's expensive. 
it is very expensive. And, uh, <laughs> and um, there were a lot of benevolent people who donated money and time to ensure that it wasn't too much of a stressor for us. Mm -hmm. um, Nasir's first year of playing high level travel basketball was his after his sophomore year and he started doing a lot a lot more cross country travel mm -hmm. our family personally spent twenty two thousand dollars over over a summer that's yes that's, that's plane summer. tickets yeah in the summer because it's plane tickets hotel rooms food and after his sophomore year Nasir went over to Europe with adidas and even though adidas paid for a lot of the stuff there was still stuff that we had yeah. to bear the cost of so all of that stuff man it was like look we do okay we're not rich by any stretch of the imagination but we do okay but twenty two thousand dollars is a big hit i don't care yeah who. yeah <laughs> Ooh, right. baby you and your sixth grade right. kids <laughs> I'd have been like, son, uh, we ain't gonna make this one, buddy. <laughs> I'm sorry, baby. Not this one. We're gonna go every other trip. <laughs> so, with that, so then when he came back to his junior year, a lot of people just said, hey, we got this. Hey, we got this. Hey, don't worry about that. We got it. And Nasir said, because of those people's benevolence, they helped me get where I am. I owe it to others to do the same for someone who might be in the same position or even a, a, a worse position than we were. Mm -hmm. And that was, the, that was the genesis of the foundation. But because he is well, fairly well-rounded, we didn't want to limit it to basketball. So he expanded it to academics, arts, and arts, whether it be performing arts or visual arts. He did the whole gamut. And um, so we had people from the two schools that he attended, Oakleaf, which is here in Orange Park, and OCP down in Orlando, offering these grants for students. All they had to do was apply for it, tell us what they wanted. We took it to the board. The board voted on it and said, we will award this. We will, we will award X, X, Y, Z. So this year we had a we had a budget of fifty thousand dollars, right? Mm -hmm. But we only had eleven applicants, right? Wow. <laughs> we had eleven applicants. So everybody got approved. That's and whatever good. they and, and whatever they asked for, they got. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So um, my last question would be. Um, Oh, David, do you want to ask, you know, his assessment of this year? I feel like that's a David question. Yeah, I mean. Okay. Well, let me ask my, my last question, and then you can ask about the, the um, this past season. Um, what is next for the Little Family and Nasir uh, going forward, um, whether that's professionally or, or personally? Just what's next for you guys? Is there any projects that you're excited about? Because I I kind of want to get this this foundation out there because you guys, you know, more kids should have applied. And, you know, I, I think if more people listen to this podcast, they'll definitely know next time. And you guys will have a, a slew of applicants. Um, right. Yeah. 
so with that, um, so because we because we had we had have we had almost twenty two thousand dollars left over, right? Mm -hmm. So we're gonna take that twenty two thousand minus the minimal operational cost that we have, and we're gonna move that to next year. And our next year's budget is gonna be seventy two thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. So so now we have more yes. more more resources. And hopefully we get more applicants. And, and I think that's because the people who, who were awarded grants this year are going to go back and talk about it. And every, everyone's mm -hmm. going to see that they got what they were asking for. So it's going to spur more people to apply. And, right. and we want that. So it's going to be a bit more competitive for the upcoming year. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. we're looking forward to that. Um, I think for the family, um, my goal is, um, I think we're at a point, um, and, and for me and my wife, um, we're at a point um, financially where I can stop working and I can work full time for Nasir. So, so, um, so that's the goal with that, um, that I will stop working for the man and work for my, fa and work for my family, you know what right. I'm saying? So, so <laughs> So that's and that's the goal. So um, I've given forward the legacy. Yeah, exactly. So I've given myself until the summer of 2023 is what I've given myself. So I'm going to work for two more years. You know what I'm saying? And um, you know that'll put me at the right age of 52. Uh, <laughs> so um, yeah, then I just want to be able to. If I'm if I'm gonna expand all this energy and get mad about stuff and get excited about stuff or passionate about stuff, it might as well be for my family and stop giving yeah. my energy to people who don't really in the grand scheme of things don't care anything about yeah. me. So, yeah. so that's the goal. So. Absolutely. Well, Mr. Mr. Little Man, listen, this has been one heck of a podcast, and we it definitely has. appreciate you opening opening up like your your feelings your your family your son uh to us and, and our listeners and like lastly i'll just ask um and again probably going going back to 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 the basketball thing this year's north carolina team uh yeah. they had their struggles they had their ebbs and flows um one how much do you still watch the university of north carolina but two, what did you think about this year's team and, and kind of what they what they had to go through? Um, and again, so some some of what we talked about mm -hmm. was was me kind of hinting to this year's team: your, your Caleb right. Loves, your R.J. Davises, your 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 Walker Kesslers, who who had a little bit of, of a learning curve, especially a Caleb Love who was in more of a situation like Nasir is. Mm -hmm. um, like, what did you think about this year's team? Right. So for me, um, to answer your first question, there isn't a game that was on TV that I didn't watch. And on top of that, I have the um, ACC basketball package. So I'm, I'm watching okay. every game if I'm home. You know, if I wasn't doing something, I watched every game. Um, but, but the one thing that I did do is that I kind of did, like, I kind of fused the previous season, the 2019-2020 season, with the with the most recent season, so I kind of merged them together because mm -hmm. um, the 2019-2020 season was so it was so janky, man. I, I just yeah. couldn't get a I, yeah. I couldn't get a bead on it. You know what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. 
I, I couldn't even look at it as a real season. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, right, right. So I did a carry over to the to the current to the most recent season. Um, my thing was I kind of looked at it from like I started kind of not necessarily judging, but kind of assessing the season when um, Smith's um, ACC basketball magazine came out. And mm-hmm. I started looking at all the preseason selections and stuff like that, particularly looking at what they were saying about Carolina players, right? So when I looked at that, the first thing, the first thing that drew my attention was Garrison Brooks, right? So I, I started with Garrison Brooks and I said, all right, so you got, so you got Garrison who's going to be coming out and he's going to be, he's going to be the, he is being posited as the centerpiece for this Carolina team, right? So then I looked at that and I said, so looking at Garrison being the centerpiece for this Carolina team, what is that gonna mean for his co-post player and then the players on the wing based on what based on what their capabilities are and all that type of stuff like that. So then as I started to break it down, I just said, I don't know if because Garrison brings a certain skill set to to the squad being undersized so his heart is going to do a lot of the heavy lifting but now you come into the season as being the guy as the first guy on the scouting report so so as the i didn't know how he how he would respond to being the first guy on the scouting report and i immediately felt that that might be a little detrimental to the team concept because now He's not going to be able to do what he did the previous year because everybody's focusing on him. Mm-hmm. So with that being the key, now that's going to call for Armando, right, who's an experienced player, Dayron, and what I thought was going to be Sterling and then Walker, right? Mm-hmm. I, thought, I thought that that was going to be the depth for the front court. You know what I'm saying? You know, but that wasn't the case. So I thought that, Armando was probably going to have to be, um, what's the, I want to choose the right words because I don't want to sound like I'm being negative, but I thought that he would have to be more aggressive on a more consistent basis, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> is what I thought that he would have to do for them to have success with the system that Coach, Coach Williams runs for the two bigs. Um, I don't necessarily think that he did that all the time. And I think that he had to find external motivation more frequently than he should have, you know? That um, was the theme of this year's team. This team had to do that quite often this year, call on external mm-hmm. motivation to, mm-hmm. like, like each player, it seemed like. Like, it's never seemed like anybody came out or we never came out as a team um, like for everybody ready to punch somebody in the mouth. Like it was, all right, one person might come out this game, the other person might come out next game, but everybody had to find that external motivation. And I and I think that's what was kind of detrimental to our season this year. Right. And I wanted, I thought Playtech was gonna play, I thought Playtech was gonna play a bigger role with outside shooting, but I was so busy looking at Playtech to be the outside shooting force. I didn't even pay attention to Kurt Kurt and Walton, what he was gonna do. That kid, mm-hmm. I like him. Yeah, I like yeah. him a lot. <laughs> I like yeah. him a lot. So, 
He's the, he was definitely a diamond in the rough. Definitely got to yes. get better defensively, yeah. which right. he did throughout the course of the season. But I think Kerwin Walton, if he can continue to uh, – uh, if he can start to be able to put the ball on the floor a little bit better, his handle gets a little tighter, Kerwin Walton can be really, really dangerous for the University of North Carolina. Right. And I'm thinking also, too, um, that, point, that point guard – who is not necessarily a scoring point guard, but a point guard who's a distributor and sees the floor and create opportunities for the other players on the floor. That, that, I think that's gonna be, be key. Yeah. Well, uh, that is it. I think RJ Davis can take that over. Yeah. yeah. But they might, but, 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 he's, but he can score too. And, and I think and th this year they needed yeah. his scoring. They needed his scoring. And, uh, you know. Yeah, agree. Well, uh, David, uh, that's it for me. Uh, let Mr. Little go and, and organize his vinyls. Uh, oh, not sure to play, so I'm going to go watch the game. <laughs> oh, okay. Watch his baby play. Uh, who is Portland versus who? Orlando. Portland versus Orlando, a.k.a. Duke South. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. All right, yeah. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors, uh, R. Lamar of R. Lamar Clothing and Vito of My Canvas on Tees. We want to thank them for being phenomenal Vito! and and supporting our podcast. <laughs> but um, and Mr. Little, um, this is you're always you're one of my favorite Carolina uh, parents. Um, you are definitely uh, top two, and you're not number two. I am oh, incredibly you. grateful. Um, for your knowledge <laughs> and your, your consistent support. Um, I, I can always look to you to, you know, provide some insight or, you know, just help me understand things better. And you're just always available. And that's um, very important to me in my career. So thank you 10 times over for, for being a sound and grace. So thank you a million times. Yeah. Right. And I give Starbucks gifts too. <laughs> yes. Plenty of iced coffees. <laughs> So, uh, so just thank you. Thank you guys so much. I'm, at any time and any time. And, and I know it seems like not necessarily things people want to say, but if there's anything I can do to help anybody who's melanated get any leverage in anything, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Without further ado, we thank, of course, our fans for listening. And uh, by all means, please make sure you follow us on all of our social media platforms. And of course, share this podcast. Um, yeah, we're out. All right.